If you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn with us to the Gospel of Luke. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22. Of course, we reserve the Lord's Supper today. Um, a thing that has um, been set in place since our Lord Jesus met with his disciples on that night. And he said, I have a desire to eat with you one more time before I suffer. Mark's Gospel, chapter 22. Beginning with verse 1. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then entered Satan and into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and the captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad, and they coveted with him to give him money. And he promised and sought opportunity to betray him, that is Jesus, unto them in the absence of the multitude. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover, that we may eat. And they said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you. He will be bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And and ye shall see, and ye shall say unto the good man of the house, The master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished. There make ready. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you speak to us today about this holy communion about the Passover and all it stands for. And Lord Jesus, thank you for asking us to do this. And as often as we do it, we show forth your death until you come. And and every time we do it, we're remembering what you did for us. How we do thank you for our gift of salvation today. I pray that you bless every person in the room today. And Lord, may we search our hearts and clear our minds that we might concentrate on what you'd have us to do and to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The Last Supper was eaten on the same night that our Lord Jesus uh, was betrayed and put under arrest. And I thought, as I've read this many times, and I thought about what kind of night must this have been. Now, I'm sure you all had a night last night. Some of you may not have had a good night. It wasn't a good night at home. I'm telling you, I'm, uh, I would to uh, stopped up, and every time I'd swallow, my ears would stop up. And I'd try to swallow again to try to get them unstopped, and the more stopped upper they become. And uh, put Vicks vapor rub under my nose, and first thing you know, all the water was loose. And, and I, I'm, I'm just wrestling, I'm a tossing, and I, I'm up and down, and I'm looking at the clock. Last night must have been 40 hours. Uh, it seemed like it anyway. And finally, I said, look, I am tired of, of blowing, so I just stuck the handkerchief under there. I said, you run all you want to. I'm going to sleep. But I thought about the Lord's Supper. What kind of night must it have been for our Lord? What kind of night must it have been for our disciples? And so first of all, I thought about it had to be a sleepless night. It had to be. 
Our Lord Jesus knew what he was going to face. He knew what he was going through. And at this last meal, he was trying to prepare his boys for what was coming. And he, he was sharing with them. And, and you remember at one point, he said, one of you. And don't you know it broke his heart to say this? One of you is going to betray me. And all at the at same time, every one of them began to say, is it I? Is it I? And Judas knew he was the one because he'd already been and made a bargain and made a deal uh, to accept money and that he would accept this money to tell them which one he was as if they would not recognize him. So I thought it had to be a sleepless night. Also, it had to be a night of sharing. Lord, what can we do to make it easy? Lord, what, how's it going to come about? And I'm sure he, you know, he shared back with them what exactly the steps that's going to happen. You remember Peter right in the middle of a while, Lord, I'll go with you all the way. No, you you can't do that, son. You, you're strong and you're mighty and you're boisterous, but you can't do it. You can't hold out. You can't make it. He said, I will. And you remember on the third time what Jesus told him. He said, you'll deny me three times before this night's over. Before this night's over, you're going to deny me three times and you're going to hear a rooster crow. And that's exactly what happened. But it was a sharing night. But also, I thought about our Lord going to die and he knew that he'd be leaving his disciples. It had to be a sad night. It had to be a sad night for all of them as they met together there. And also as he shared with them how he would be arrested and how he would be betrayed. You know, it had to be a, a scary night. Where are we going to be? Where are we going to stand? And according to Scripture, they all scattered. And he was all alone. So we think about that night, a sleepless night, a sharing night, a, a sad night, and a scary night. You know, we have all those. Every one of them, we have all those kind of nights. If we're any age at all, we have those kind of nights. And it's not easy to get through that night. That night seems so long and just prior to the clock going off is when we get our best sleep. Boom, you know, hey, I'm dead to the world, boy, and the clock goes off. Oh, I can't believe it's time to get up. Surely the clock's wrong, but it's not. You know, you can remove the hands from the clock, but you can't stop time. Well, I thought about this, and in verse, uh, verse 15, I didn't read that, and we will in a few minutes, but it says there, with desire I have desired. And so I simply said, I want to call this a, a, a desire to remember. Because Jesus said, as often as you do this, you show forth my death till I come. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And that's what we want to do this morning. We want to remember. And, and we want to reflect back on the life of Jesus. And, and I thank Cassie for the, for the pictures that was up on the screen. I can't imagine what our Lord went through. But as we reflect back and we remember, we, we think back about a, a desire to remember the Last Supper. When he met with his disciples, they prepared for this Passover. In fact, you know, it's amazing how the story unfolds uh, when they said, well, where are we going to meet? And he said, I want you to go into the city. And when you get into the city, you're going to see a man with a pitcher of water. 
All of this took place just in line. They went. They found, as the Lord said, a man bearing a pitcher of water. And he said, just ask him where the room is, and he'll show you. Isn't that amazing? God aligns everything to work just right, just perfect for your and my life. But sometimes we don't always follow along with this uh, life, and so our life becomes messed up sometimes. And so we need to think about how the Lord lined this up, a pitcher of water, a man bearing it, a room already prepared. He'll show it to you. Well, you know, the place where this took place was in the home of a believer there in Jerusalem. And Jesus knew that. And, you know, possibly, the Scripture don't bear this out, but it's very possible that Jesus had gone and met with him already and said, listen, now, there'll be two of my guys will be coming and they'll, uh, they're going to be seeking out the room just to check it out and just... Act like you don't know anything and just uh, go along with them. They'll ask you where the room is and you show it to them. And it was, it was a plan. You know, I think about God's plan. I think about his plan for your life. I think about his plan for my life. Listen, we are not just another person on the earth here that's passing through and soon this life will be over. We are a person that God has created. We are part of God's plan. And we need to find that plan. And we need to follow that plan because that plan is, is the best possibility of you and I obeying the Lord with all we have is following his plan. Jesus had kept this feast since he was a youth. He knew all about the feast, the feast called a Passover of unleavened bread. And when we think about that Passover where the children of Israel were going to have to go and pass over, and it was the very last plague that all this took place because um, Pharaoh would not let the children of Israel go. And, and so Moses done been to us and looks here, you need to let my people go. And he would not do it. He said, okay, they're going to be a last plague and you're not going to be happy about it. And the plague was the death angel was going to pass over the city that night. And everywhere that the blood was not displayed over the lintel or on the doorpost, Death was going to come to the firstborn. Cattle and people. Can you imagine the next morning of all the deaths that the, that the uh, uh, people woke up to? The Egyptian folks woke up to all this death. But the children of Israel were spared because of the blood. And that's where we get the term pass over because the, the death angel passed over everywhere that the blood was displayed. The blood is powerful. Let me tell you something, there's not a one of us sitting in here right now that don't have that blood flowing through our body, feeding our body, doing what it's supposed to do. Isn't it amazing that you don't have to go to school and become a chemist and to know about the blood so you'll know which direction to, to, to go and to turn and to do everything. God takes care of that. And that thing called the heart is constantly beating even as I'm speaking. And sometimes I can feel it. It'll race up. Sometimes it'll slow down. And sometimes it might even skip a beat or it might even flutter. But it's still pumping that blood. And that blood is what paid for your and my sins alone. So, you know, it's, it's a desire for the Last Supper. Secondly, a desire to remember the institution of the Holy Communion. You know, it was a sacrifice. Uh, Cassie, put up 1 Corinthians 5, 7, uh, please. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. Get rid of the old sins, okay? 
Hey, we are a lump. We are a ball of clay that God Almighty has fashioned. I'm created. you created in His image. As ye are unleavened, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. You know, I couldn't pay for your sin. I couldn't even pay for my own sin. Jesus paid for your and my sin. That sin debt, y'all, is paid off. It is paid off. You say, what about my sins that I, that I commit every day? Well, let me just tell you about them. When Jesus died on the cross, listen, he, he, he died for my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. And we need to pray for the family of the little girl that hung, there, hung herself. We need to pray for that family. I cannot imagine what a, young, what a young person would be going through to do such a thing. We need to pray for our young people. They're under a lot of stress. They are under a lot of pressure. And it's not easy to face the world that they face today. You know, Brother Jack and I was talking about bullying in school. I don't remember bullying. I don't remember bullying in school. Hey, you push me, there was going to be a fight. Boom! Fight was on. It was over with. You were back friends. You going again. I mean, I don't understand the bullying deal. Hey, need to get it settled. Don't just keep on. Where are friends today? Who's standing with who today? You know, not only young people, but our middle age, our, our teenagers, our, our young people, our middle age, our old, even our old folk. I probably shouldn't do this. When I, when I, I think about visiting rest homes, I, I sort of look around. I sort of keep my eye open as I go. I don't want to see no mistreatment. I don't want to hear no yappy, yappy hollering, carrying on at some patient. Hey, I'm free to go in and out, and I'm free to say what I want to say. I don't want to see our old folk being mistreated. You know, I've done a little bit of everything going to the hospital and going to the, to the rest home for, for people. I've fed them. I even give one man a haircut one time. He, he, said, he said, I need my haircut bad and can't get nobody to come. I said, you want me to do it? He said, will you do it? I said, yeah, I'll do it. Nurse came in. I said, ma'am, I need some barber equipment. What? I said, I'm going to cut his hair. She brought everything in I needed. I buzzed it, boy. That's how he wanted it. He reached up there and feel it. He said, oh, that feels so much better. I want our folk to be comfortable. You see, the older. Hey, I'm getting in that situation. Older. I want to be made comfortable. And I don't want to be drugged around and mistreated. And listen, our Lord was headed for horrible treatment. When we think about what he was going through or was headed for. And he was trying to prepare uh, his disciples for the sacrifice that had to be made. Uh, And this communion took place on the same night. He was betrayed. Eat this bread and drink this cup to show the Lord's death till he comes. Now, thank goodness, we as Christians, hey, we believe in his life, we believe in his death, we believe in his burial. We believe in his resurrection. 
We believe in his return, but we are showing forth his death. In other words, we believe that Christ died a literal death, a horrible death for you and for me to pay for our low-down life that we live. He paid for that. And we're to do this until he comes. Now, notice in that scripture, the Lord's death, he comes, or when he comes, but till he comes. He is coming. Regardless of what news media might say, listen, Jesus is coming. What are we going to be doing? I don't have a clue what I'll be doing. I hope I'm alive in walking around on this earth when he comes. But I don't have a clue what I will be doing when Jesus comes. But whatever it is, it's going to cease right there at that very moment. It will cease. This community is to be done in remembrance of Jesus. All right, as we think about this, a desire to remember the Last Supper, a desire to remember um, the Holy Communion that we're fixing to take, and, and also a desire to remember the Supper. Um, verse 17 uh, simply says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. He didn't want anybody left out. Divide it among yourselves. Don't give this one more than you give that one, but divide it among yourselves. When I think about that, I also think about uh, as he has a desire uh, to know who is going to eat. You see, he brought up the question, one of you is going to deny me. And they all begin to say, is it me, Lord? Is it I? You and I know this morning where we stand with God. You and I know. And the old boy told me, he said, well, I, I'm not like I need to be. I said, well, buddy, listen, I'm not either. I say we all have room for improvement. And we'll look at, uh, uh, catch full up uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven and 33. Who shall eat this? I want you to listen. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, okay, that is the excuse we hear many times. Well, I just didn't partake today because I didn't feel worthy. Let me say this. You are never, ever going to feel worthy to partake of the Lord's Supper. Because when we think of the Lord's life, a perfect, sinless life, and we compare it with our life, no, we are not worthy. But as a Christian, we're to do this in remembrance of Him. We're to do this because what He has done for us. And every time we do this, we're saying, I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't let the devil say, hey, you're not worthy to do this today. You know, you know what you are. Listen, let me tell you something. Right now, in your own heart and mind, right now, excuse me, right now, just ask the Lord, hey, forgive me of my sins. I, I want to partake of your supper. I want to be in line with you. So unworthily, shall be, here's what, if you, if you go that route and you don't ask forgiveness and you partake of the Lord's supper, unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. I mean, you, my friend, are putting Christ back on the cross. And he don't need to go there. In fact, he's not going back there anymore. That, that part of his life is over. He'll never, ever face another beating. He'll never, ever face another denying. He'll never, ever have to wear a crown of thorns. But he'll wear a crown of glory. He'll wear a crown of splendor. And he will be all you and I will ever need. So when we think about who shall eat, Christians are to eat and to partake of the Lord's Supper. 
Each man shall uh, give account of his own life. And, and that's what I'm saying. Ask, just simply ask God to forgive you. He said, well, somebody else might see me. Hey, that somebody else that has nothing to do with your relationship with Christ. Okay? Has nothing to do with your relationship with Jesus. You know in your heart if you've been saved. And if you have, then you ask forgiveness of sin and cleanse my heart, Lord. I want to be a part of what's going on. Well, according to Scripture, uh, it's dangerous. Uh, to partake of the Lord's Supper unworthily. Uh, Paul said that some of them showed up, and they were sick, they were weak, and he uses the word some were asleep. And what that means was some had already died, okay? Now, when we think about the Lord's Supper, it was instituted, it was set up, it was started on the night that he was betrayed, over 2,000 years ago. And from there to now, people continue to observe the Lord's Supper and all that he does uh, for us. And when we do this, in a, in a moment, the bread's going to be passed out. When you hold that bread in your hand, I want you to think about his body. Because he told his disciples, this bread's representing my body, which is broken for you. Now, we don't like broken things, do we? Hey, I like things to work. I like things to be fixed. Okay, but his body was broken for you and me. So when we think about that, holding that, that piece of bread, think about the brokenness of our Lord's body. You're going to follow that with a cup of juice. That cup of juice represents the blood of Jesus. Had it not been for the shedding of blood, what does it say? There'd be no forgiveness of sins. So I say, thank God for the bread. Thank God for the blood that he shed for you and for me. And without the shedding of blood, hey, you and I are not going to be forgiven. Somebody said, how much blood did he have to shed for my, just for my sin? Listen, one drop would have done the job. But he gave it all. He didn't hold back a bit. He gave it all. And the Bible says that uh, on that night as they were seated around the table there and sharing of the, the things that must come to pass quickly and shortly. The Bible says that he took bread and he broke that bread. And he says to them, this is my body, which is broken for you. Brother Keith, would you lead us in prayer, please?